Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Moore and Connolly Football Show. So glad you could join us. My name is Tom Moore, your humble host, and joining me as always is the big cheese. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing in your fantastic little NFL world? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad. I again am acknowledging we get to about 10 minutes in and then I get the full Ollie. So I'm not going to push you too early, my friend. Not going to push you. I'm doing good. You know, we're in the final throws of the first magazine of the season. Um, and magazines, though, are in decline nationally. One ours is growing, so that's thankful. It's one of the few in the industry. They are extraordinarily hard to produce given their place in the culture. We get to just sit and do this. We hand it to Mike and then we get to go to bed. Magazines are a stressful activity. And you are the editor, are you not, my friend? I am indeed. I am the big, the big cheese of the magazine also. Indeed. And the word editing, I imagine if you look it up in the dictionary, probably does require all manner of skills <laughs> and time consumption. So I imagine you're pushing uh, the midnight oil. You're burning the midnight oil, Ollie. I am. And what I do is we have the best deputy editor in the business. I say, I say, Craig, can you please do these, these 10 things? And he says, yes, sir. And he does them. And then I say, I'm a great editor. <laughs> and look for, it's at Gridiron on Twitter to find Gridiron in that magazine. It is a fantastic magazine. And of course, I'll be expecting my complimentary copy in the post. Uh, no, but... I, will, I will say, by the way, um, this upcoming magazine is unbelievable. Unbelievable. The quality of what's in there is honestly outrageous. So I'm not just saying that as the editor, my job is to promote the thing, obviously, but as an independent person, the quality of the journalists we've got on, on the roster for this season is insane and to have them all in you know how this thing usually works is you kind of have people jumble throughout the season right you get different voices in a magazine throughout the season different storylines we've got all the heaviest hitters uh, on the gridiron staff in this first one of the season which is all about innovation so i'm really really proud of how it's coming together I'm genuinely excited to read it, mate, to be honest, because I used to, back in the day, there was an NFL magazine. I can't remember what it was, whether it was NFL UK, but I'm talking way back in the day. And then everything like dried up. And now Gridiron has taken that place. It's the only thing you can really go to for that fix. And I'm of a generation, Ollie, and I think increasingly now there's a nostalgia in the current, more recent generations that something tangible. It's not on the internet. It's paper. Do you know what I mean? And something nice, you can stick it on your wall, not on your wall, on a bookcase on your wall. Uh, I think it's fantastic, Ollie. So I'm really excited. Um, but to say to the listeners, welcome to the Moore and Connolly Football Show, hosted obviously at Gridiron. We're joining you again as we do every week, Ollie and myself. And this podcast, it's a bit of an antidote to the standard NFL podcast. We are going to talk a little bit of NFL news to kick off. And then, as always, we go into a game show, which is NFL themed this week. We've got the weakest link. Uh, I want to do an Anne Robertson impression, but it only works on the YouTube video, Ollie. Kind of the wink. Can you remember the wink that she did? I don't remember the wink. I don't think it was that quite wriggly. No, it wasn't. It was. It was more like, uh, "Thank you for watching the weakest link." And then it was very slow. It was. It was Elon unnecessarily, but well, that she was had kind of the charm, right? Well, she had Botox, didn't she? And that then kind of messed up the <laughs> wink. To be honest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll hit up uh quiz for this week which is the weakest link where ollie and i are going to team up to go head to head against our producer who i shall introduce in a moment and then we will round off the show with a little bit of item c as we call it the third item of the show and this week it's an exciting chat about irish snacks and to get us going and to <laughs> spark this this conversation off producer mike has sent us some irish snacks so therefore without further ado it's time to introduce Stereo Mike, our producer. Stereo Mike, how are you doing? I have, I have to say, um, first off, this week, don't worry, folks, I am actually sitting further away from my microphone. Uh, <laughs> I apologise last week uh, in terms of that. Uh, and secondly, of course, the MCFS questions email address, feel free to complain to that. Uh, um, it's my fault. Uh, I have to say, my nickname is not as good as the big cheese, is it? You know, that, that's that's the like the big... What's your nickname, and, Stereo Mike? Yeah. Oh, Stereo Mike. I thought Stereo you were talking of like a different nick. Do you have any other nicknames in real life, Stereo Mike, that your mates call you? That's the thing. Like there was in in my class in school, there was four Michaels. So everybody was just called their surname. Maybe like Mick, Mihal is the Irish name for Mike. That's about the highlight. So Mick would be good. I, Stereo Mike is, is good. It sticks out. I've got people on WhatsApp now 
I haven't spoke to in years that are calling me stereo Mike. So I love it. I love it. I knew a guy with the surname, with your surname, and they used to call him Quady. I don't know whether that flies. The Quade stuff. There was a player keeping his NFL related. There was a player for the Rams back when they were in St. Louis, and his surname was either Quaid or McQuaid. That was my thing. Like nobody has this surname near me, but this guy does. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, and there's a guy, there was a guy with the Boston Bruins as well. I, I like Quaidy, yeah. It's all good. I love it. And I just I just realized as well, because Connolly is then a little bit more common than your surname, and then more is straight up common toast. But what's interesting is we get into our Irish conversation later, and we're hoping for more of these as the season continues. We've actually all got names of Irish origin. Is yeah. am, am I going out on a limb there? You started with so much confidence and beat it into a question. I, I'm very excited for the Irish section, which may or may not become a regular feature depending on uh, our level of creativity. Um, it's going to put me back in touch with my roots. You know, I've I've not been as in touch with my Irish side for a long time because I've been off in America doing various nonsense and I just stayed in Salford after the plague hit us all. Um, so it's very exciting for me to have Irish Mike on board and to kind of reacquaint me with uh, the different strands of Irish culture. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. And Ollie as well and and Stereo Mike, I did my family tree during the pandemic and got it back to 1,500 and something on different sides. And there were about four different Irish sources along the way of people that had come over from Ireland or, you know, were, were born in Ireland and then came yeah came over. And it's, it's actually quite interesting. And, and for people in this country, and I think this is what we all realise this as well in the UK, we are a mishmash of so many different people. And it's very unlikely that you don't have Irish heritage somewhere down the line, I suppose. But some, obviously, are more, you know, easy to realise than others. Did I you have to give your DNA for that one? I gave, my, I gave my DNA, but I gave my DNA just because it gives you a snapshot of the DNA. It doesn't give you then any genealogy connected to it, unless somebody else has put in their DNA and they can connect you, of which there were some. Not as many as you would hope for. There were a few. But through tracking through other people. And this is the great thing about the site that I went on. And, you know, I'm sure people have gone on these sites is that you basically leech off other people's work once you finally connect into that tree. And so far as you can, so long as you can prove that it's accurate, then you can, all of a sudden, you've got back a hundred years and you've locked into something. They've they've gone around graveyards in Norfolk and and managed to get it back to 15 something. And all of a sudden you quids in and and people as well are so... um, diligent with this that they put photos on there of places you know graveyards quite a lot of time and memorials <laughs> but it is incredible anyway let's I'll, call it I'll, I'll say though uh, hanging over the dna does that ever go well is that ever a good thing i see so many stories the golden state killer did you see that that they discovered the golden state killer through one of these dna systems because someone gave that dna and then they were able to link it back to it was a very specific strand of DNA. They were able to find the Golden State Killer through DNA evidence. I feel like you could get regularly caught if, you know, back in the day, no internet. You used to be able to have a bullshit merchant in your family who could get away with all kinds, right? Your, your grandma would tell you the heritage of your family. Everyone had like a famous person or some kind of person who was heroic in their local village based off something going on in the family. I feel like you start getting the facts on paper. Maybe you start uncovering that, uh, you know, your nana wasn't so truthful. If I was a murderer, I wouldn't be voluntarily giving my DNA to a genealogy website. What kind of sense? That's the stupidest murderer in the history of the universe. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more. And of course, Stereo Stereo Mike at Michael underscore NFL. I think we should perhaps just get to the news. On to the news then, Ollie. And the one big story we're going to tackle this week is around the Miami Dolphins and Mike Gazicki, the trade speculation, Ollie, around Mike. You've got to tell me what's going on here, my friend, first of all. Yeah, so it seems like the Dolphins are ready to move on from him. And it's interesting because he has been the most prominent playmaker they've had. Obviously, they got Jalen Waddle now. They trade for Tyreek Hill. But he has long been their, their best playmaker, particularly in the middle of the field. And he, he's... I don't know, it's in all pro. I can't remember at this point. I never keep track of that stuff. But he's one of the games, one of the, considered one of the premier tight ends in the game, right? And what he really is, is just a big lumbering wide receiver. And it limits a lot of what you can do. And that new staff has got into the building and decided, although he's famous and considered a top, top tight end, they recognize that he is really just an overinflated wide receiver. And he doesn't really fit what they do. He's not a blocker. He can't really play in line. He plays in the slot or he plays out wide as a wide receiver. So... It looks like they're going to try and cash the chips in and try and find either some value back from the Tyreek Hill trade. I, don't, I doubt you could get more than 
maybe a low end second, maybe a high third for him, and try and go and get someone who can play more in line and do more run blocking, which is what that system demands with tight ends, which is interesting because the Dolphins have had this kind of crossroads moment at the franchise of what style of offense they would run, which we've detailed ad nauseum here at Gridiron. Um, would it be more of the Tua Tagovailoa offense, given it's an importance of him? Will it be the Mike McDaniel offense that he's brought with him from San Francisco? Talking about trading Mike Kosicki, whether it happens or not, um, indicates that they're going to lean pretty heavily into the San Francisco stuff, which is uh, opens all kinds of interesting doors. So with Kosicki, my friend, I- I'm forced to ask the question, is he overrated or does his skill set fit somewhere? Is there a where that he could end up? Is there somebody who would potentially be a trade partner? It's not necessarily overrated or underrated. It is what system you're running. If you're playing a true pace and space spread offense, then you want a big bodied wide receiver type. So whether that's an actual wide receiver playing close to the line of scrimmage or a tight end is inconsequential to what you're doing. It's just body types in the NFL. That's one of the big misunderstandings of player evaluation versus how a lot of the national media and fans discuss the sport is that uh, as a staff, you go based by body type. So you're a dime linebacker. That's not a real position, right? You're just looking for a body type who can turn and run in space. So with Gesicki, you're saying, do we want a power slot? You have either the shifty slot, the Julian Edelman is the classic type, right? But a lot of teams now are either inverting their wide receivers and playing Devontae Adams in the slot half the time and putting a big bodied wide receiver in there. Or you say, go get me a Dallas guard or, or go get me a Mike Kosicki. And I just put the big tight end in there as a lumbering wide receiver. Who, like I said, is that, that bigger body type. What you need to see from Gesicki, it's more just a willingness. You know, there's plenty of tight ends down the years who are these bigger, taller wide receiver types, but they have to be willing to do the blocking. A lot of blocking is angles and effort. Right. So Dallas Goddard in um, in Philadelphia, he was this exact same type of player and has molded himself into being an unbelievable blocker more on the move than in line. But they found that kind of niche where, OK, Dallas likes to move and he's very good with angles. So let's try and incorporate that into the offense. And Gasicki's just never shown a willingness or one to want to be a blocker. He wants to be a wide receiver. He just doesn't have the, the, the natural speed off the line. So you can use him. You can deploy. We can get into some of those teams if you want, but he is um, overrated in the sense you're saying who are the best all-around tight ends in the league and you had him in your top 10. That's not what he is. You need to categorize him as a wide receiver and then judge him versus other power slots. So is he a poor man's Kyle Pitts? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Pitts, I think, will eventually show F. And Kyle Pitts is a bit different. He's so freakishly athletic. And Gesicki's athletic in the Gronkowskian way, where it's very vertical leap and wingspan. Now, I think he's quicker than Gronkowski, even in his prime. But it's all, I can reach my arm to places you cannot, which is very, very valuable. And, you know, you split that guy out backside. It's more Jimmy Graham, I'd say, is the better angle, right? The, the leaner, taller guy. Kyle Pitts is shorter um, and more agile. And so that's what makes him a freakish package where you can deploy him as an actual wide receiver. You're not muddying formations with a unusual body type in a certain location to change the shape of the defense, which is what you do with a Gronkowski, a Graham, a Kaseki when you flex them out. With Kyle Pitts, he's just as good as a wide receiver who happens to be bigger and quicker than most people. So you cannot possibly, you're not really tilting the defense with him in the same way you're tilting the defense with Kaseki. But it's a, it's, a, it's a good one because I think Pitts is a true tight end who is a athletic freak and Gesicki is a big wide receiver who is very tall for a wide receiver. Okay, so we're not saying that it's necessarily a bad decision to be getting rid of Gesicki either. We think that it's a it's a reasonable roster move to make from the Miami Dolphins perspective. Yeah, it fits that staff. I, I would say though, I, I don't know what, I would keep him just to see. I don't think you can probably get more from him now than you could get from him in week six, week seven. Um, you know, the, the Eagles traded Zach Ertz for a decent pick around that time last season. Um, and he was a lesser player and was breaking down. I would have liked to see Mike McDaniel, you know, genius is vastly overrated in the NFL, but a really creative free thinker does not care about what's gone before. Would have been interesting to see how he could have plugged him in. Maybe he decides I can only get him 20 snaps a game and it's not worth the investment. Totally understand. But I'd, I'd, have, I'd have liked to have seen him try and wait out. It feels a little bit like, a little bit doctrinaire to say he just won't. We won't. There's no way to find a way to use him. He's a mismatch piece, and the NFL is a mismatch league. You know, the X's and O's can be as pretty as you want. At some point, having a guy who's bigger and can jump higher than everyone else, pretty good, right? That's, you know, you look at your tight ends in Green Bay. They fit Green Bay so much better than what Kasiki would fit. He would not fit that system at all. But it would be very, very nice to be able to have Aaron Rodgers, the most precise throwing league, throw it to a guy where he has a bigger catch radius than anyone else on the field. Awesome. So we're not saying. We're not putting Gesicki in Tarantino territory. He's not overrated <laughs> like Tarantino. 
Is that what you really believe? Yes, mate. Tarantino, right? Tarantino, um, Pulp Fiction, yeah. All the credit in the world. Um, uh, the other one, Reservoir Dogs, fantastic. But his new stuff is so ridiculously overrated, so unnecessarily violent, gratuitous violence, and he's just become a character in himself. And I, I, I don't, I don't like Quentin Tarantino, Ollie. I'll put I- it out there. I refuse to have anyone. Now, I'm yeah, if you say the scene where they blast Hitler's face into the ground, one, it's just fun. Um, but yeah, it can be gratuitous. I am not having that the Christoph Waltz scene to kick off in Glorious is not one of the finest bits of cinema ever created in terms of tension, acting, the fucking pipe. The pipe is the greatest comedic moment of the 2010s. I'm not having it. Granted, but I would put the actor... Credit there for that performance. I'm not. I'm not. I, I tell. You, I tell you what. I got a problem with Tarantino is is to to coin a phrase. His head so far up his ass that that lump in his throat is his nose. All right, that's the problem that I've got with Tarantino. And I think you can allow me to have that at least. Yeah. And I, what I will say is he definitely gets the. You know, if you do the tomato meter. Yes, tomato meter. Um, he always starts at an eighty on an 80 through reputation alone. It's like, oh, yeah. he's the Devonte Adams of directors where the defense gives Devonte Adams so much free grass because of the reputation. He gets so many yards purely through reputation, nothing to do with skill. People stand so far off him, Roger throws in the ball, tons of yards. Tarantino does start there, at a very, which is earned and that does make it a high bar to clear, but like uh, the hateful eight was so beyond average, right? If anyone else had done that with that budget, those actors would have said, ah, so it was okay. People put that into the masterpiece territory because it's got the, the Tarantino name on it. Yeah, Kill Bill is the one that I've got a problem with the most. I think. Um, just, I just Kill Bill is just just so gratuitous, my friend. That whole scene where they're chopping bits off people in that restaurant <laughs> is just. Anyway, did you, watch the, post- did you watch the premiere of House of Dragon? I have not. No, because the end of Game of Thrones disappointed me so much, Ollie, that I couldn't. I, I can't bring myself to watch it. I'm still. We're still watching How to Build a Sex Room, my friend. So you know, <laughs> you know, give me a break. Uh, thoughts on a postcard at the underscore Tommy underscore more. Tell you what, Ollie, let's take it out of here. Let's take it into the game show. Let's do it. And so the game show this week, ladies and gentlemen, is the weakest link wink at the camera uh, and as always i'm gonna hand straight over to the wonderful stereo Mike to take us through this stereo Mike, over to you can i just firstly say to people i know last week i did not say computer take a wrong t- computer take away two wrong answers and i should have done that last week i really regret that now and um, so it's like the weakest link this week but look there's no bank there's no money involved here lads believe me there's not yeah now, it's about it's about beating stereo mic. That's what it's about. Yes. So well, the bank. Can I can I ask just quickly? I've not watched the weakest link since I was sat at my grandma's house some fifteen years ago. Can I ask you on um on on what the, exactly the weakest link is? Well, uh, and you want me to explain the weakest link? So imagine there's imagine there's seven or eight people and they're taking part in this game. I the, the presenter goes around to ask everyone a question. For each one you get right, you get money. And maybe after each correct answer, you can decide to bank whatever the money is at that point. But if somebody then, if you don't do that and somebody then gets it wrong, you go back down to zero. Okay, so we're just kind of stacking correct answers on top of each other. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to have three rounds, maybe five, if it's really bad. <laughs> but uh, three rounds, we're going to try and get you lads working in the team. And you're going to try and answer 10 correct answers in a row. That's the plan. Yep. And if you now, get one wrong, going to have rounds over. The fun mm-hmm. flippy things they used to have on the show where they would write it down and flip it. Then they somehow moved to a some kind of pen on a screen system where they pressed the button. I, I always preferred the flip. I preferred the flip, but Ollie, you just write Tom on it and I just write Ollie on it. That's all we could write. <laughs> like a wee oh, smiley face. They didn't write the answers on there. No, 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 no. At the end of the round on the weakest links, this is for people that are not oh, showing it, but yes, it was it's yes. in the it was in the UK, it's not anymore, and it definitely was in the States. I think it was Anne Robinson as well. Um is that at the end of the round, you would vote off the weakest link. So ah. the person that kept losing you the money, but then when it got closer to the end, because only one person could go away from it with the money, and it would be a head-to-head at the end of five questions, like a penalty shootout in soccer, you would then start voting tactically and ah. start, and people would always vote off the obvious smartest <laughs> one. It was such a, they were such shysters, honestly. 
And then they used to cut to like the um, almost like the American Idol where they walk out, you'll be hearing from me cutscene. Remember, they used to stand yeah. in camera and just bitch about everyone else in the room. Yeah, I knew they were going to vote me off after I got that question right about uh, Albert Schweitzer. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mike, let's let's fire it up, mate. And I know that MCFS in Arizona at the Super Bowl will have a whole crime. We'll do the proper weakest link with like Dan Marino and stuff. He might be an answer tonight. So some of these questions are a joke. All right. I'm sorry, but they are. And that's the only apology this week. Some of them are hard. And that's why both of you are here to work as a team. Some of them are hilarious. But the closer we get to the end, if you somehow get through five rounds, I'm not coming on the show ever again. So let, let's let's start off. So, so you're do we have to get camera. do we have to get all ten right to pass, or is there you know we stacking these so answers? Pr- on pretty top? much. So if you say if you get like five right in the first round and you get like question or question six wrong, we stop, we laugh, and then we go again with a different round and we see how close. Yeah. So we've got to keep the run going, Ollie. Let's do it, baby. Sure, let's go. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh dear God. Okay, which city did well? They're now known as the Commanders. Previously known as the Redskins, which city did they play in, boys, before they moved to Washington? Oh my god, Ollie, under the R word. Uh, that's a good question. I just know that like, the actual it, un- it cannot have been under the R word. It most likely wasn't then. So do so we have the just... name of what it was before it was? Not all me. No. <laughs> tell you what, tell you what, and this is why this works. I'm going to give you two options. Okay, it was right. Chicago or Boston? No, Chicago must have stayed the the Bears or the Staley's as it was before in Chicago, unless yeah. the Chicago Staley's moved, but they can't because the history would have stayed in Chicago. So I'd definitely say it was Boston. Ollie, that's what I would say. Yeah, Boston. Thank God for that. Boston. Don't know what year. I had it written down. It's not there, but Boston is right. Second, this is where it gets a wee bit easier, right? Um, the second question, which city are the Broncos from, lads? <laughs> Go on, <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> Presently? Well, presently, yeah. I don't like that he's giving us a sly look on the video as if the most obvious answer is... No, no, no. It's just like, which city are they based in now? Denver. Denver, correct. You got me worried there. I was like, is he? Is, is this new guy going to move them out? I hope he doesn't. Um, what team won the NFC East Division Championship in 1985? Was it the Giants or the Cowboys? This is the first question. Oh, my God. 1985. We are, we are peak mid Cowboys run. Where are oh. Parcells and Belichick? Then, oh, 86, Parcells, Belichick. I want to say it's the Eagles, Ollie. There's it's, something it's of, the Giants or Cowboys. So I'm options. <laughs> I thought he said Eagles. Sorry. It's, it's my accent, hey. It's my accent. Don't worry. Yeah, of course. Giants in an Irish accent sounds just like Eagles. Jay Eagles. <laughs> Giants, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm deferring to you on this one, my good chum. 85. Won the, good year. A good year. Won the division. Yeah, I mean, that's the best division. That's the best division in the history of the NFL. 83 to 86, NFC East. Figuring out which one of them won it. Oh, my gut, gut, gut is uh, uh washington <laughs> because i the giants because i know in 86 they won at 85 did they win it the year before my head says cowboys my gut says giants and i'm a, I'm a gut kind of guy so Go i you got giants it was the cowboys ah I fucking knew they so we got uh, three questions in the round one that's fine so that, that that's our baseline this is like the chase meets the winkers like meets the master i actually quite like this i might do it for I love myself it. i love it so we're going to try to beat ourselves on we need to get four <laughs> in this next round um, no i, I did i did one. say I this i had that one i played myself i seen it at the start as like he's right here don't don't say the giant don't say that like, oh. uh, certainly, right, so... certainly don't say the eagles <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know saying giants in this accent like ah oh, eagles giants yeah and um, no i did mention dan marino a minute ago mm-hmm. and this is actually the first question okay. which <laughs> i can't even say this from a history which nfl team did dan marino play as a quarterback the philadelphia eagles <laughs> did you no. say who he played so as in who he played against or who he played for which, oh, well, did, which NFL team did he play for for the most time? Oh, the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Shout out to all the Dolphins fans. Um, which team is the only, the only non-profit and community-owned in the National Football League? The Green Bay Packers. 
frauds. London Vine. Have you got your tickets, Tom? Yeah. My uncle got. To, I'm going to come back to that comment you just made there, Ollie. Uh, I didn't. I didn't miss it. Uh, my uncle managed to get tickets. We both went for the minute. He got tickets. So um, yeah, I'll be going with the uh, with my uncle. Ollie, why did you say frauds? What was that? You said frauds. Well, you, want, you have. Do you have shares? Like you no. Know, share packet that they do for everyone. You no, you're not frauds. allowed to buy them in the UK. Uh, uh, I've seen a few lads in Ireland like they bought a couple with their mate. I don't know how they've done it. And this, yeah. this is a discussion for a different point. Some I've got two spare tickets for the Packers, Packers game. Huh? Some kind of black market Packers share trading. Do you want a few shares to the Packers? I've got two spare tickets and I'm going to put that out there in the universe now for the Packers game. Alright, this isn't... No, cut that out. We're not I'm doing joking, that. I'm joking. Not... I'm going to the game. I was going to give them to Tom. It was going to be a big surprise. Like, Tom, if you're not going, here's a ticket. Right. Um, what was the original name of the New England Patriots when they were founded? Was it the Boston Free Patriots or the Boston Patriots? You know, I think we did this question the first game we, we did and we, I've already blanked it out my mind because I didn't care enough then. Um, oh, that's a really, really good question. The so Boston was, Patriots or the Boston Free Patriots? I think that they, they that back then, do you have the year? No, I don't have the. I literally have the questions. But I, remember in week, I remember in week one, it was very early in comparison to some of these other teams. Even it was, very yeah. early. it was odd because then they went away and come back, don't they? And I remember I asked you about their stadium, and you, and I've never seen you as angry. It was, I think uh, you said it was erected in like 1703, fresh off the boat or something like that. Um, Tom, any any thoughts? I go for Patriots, not Free Patriots. Okay, Patriots. Hi, of course. Right, you've already equaled your total from the last round. Yes. Here we go. And this is why I like these questions. Which year did the Cincinnati Bengals become part of the NFL? Was it 1967 or 1968? What are you doing to us, my friend? Ollie, just take a shot. I want you to take a shot. Why would there only be two years? Because one of these years is important as far as I remember in the formation of the league because I think a number of teams came in this year. Yeah, that's why you would usually say one is the 67. You'd put one like 84. So that you I'm just being rude and mean and uh, I'm here for the quality content. And if you get this right, you've done one better than the last one. Uh, it is 68. Yeah, it's the merger. Wow, well done. Right, we're doing better already. How many teams played in the inaugural season um, in 1922? Was it 16 or 18? Ooh. That's not the I'd, I'd go low, Ollie. I'd go 16. Yeah, when they first played, college football was infinitely bigger and to play professional football was seen as a bad thing, so it would be the lesser of them. 16. I have 18 written down here. Oh, for God's sake. How many did we get in that round then? What? Four. That's oh, good. We're getting, so going by like the last round, you'll have nearly six or seven. Okay, right. Um, Here we go. Round three. We're trying to get more than four. We're trying to get ten. If you get ten, I'm going to send you all a prize from Ireland. Something small. <laughs> Under three euro. Which city did the Rams originally play in? Was it Canton, Ohio or Cleveland, Ohio? As the Rams... Or as a separate team name. I separate love Michael's face when when I ask the follow-ups <laughs> and he panics because he doesn't have it on his sheet. I just put the questions up as the team. Like it doesn't matter what the name is. Has there ever been a team in Canton? I can't see how there's been a team in Canton, Ollie. I want to go for the team in Canton. They would there would be like a consistent movement to move them back. Yeah, there would. So what was the other option? Cleveland. Cle yeah, Cleveland, right. Right. Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to take yeah Cleveland huzzah huzzah <laughs> um, see this just just go go with your gut and a question like the next one which team used to play at the Adelphia Coliseum is it the Titans or the Oilers <laughs> that's a very clever question <laughs> this is what we did all day Ollie just my, my, my gut Ollie says Oilers okay go with your gut Oilers finish the Titans so I had the answer as a Titans and I'm like right well I'll put like two answers and I'll go up oh, I'll put the Oilers to make it a bit of crack and that's what I've done it's, it's Tennessee man I'm clearly the weakest link in this game the Delphi, the, the Delphi Coliseum <laughs> was when Vince Young was playing 2000 statistically Tom is the weakest link 
<laughs> Thanks very much for proving it with statistics. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to put all these questions. How many other rounds have we got? I'm really enjoying this one. These are good questions. Right, right, round four, round four out of five, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Michael can't count. Uh, right here we go. Who was the Giants' backup quarterback for Eli Manning in the 2011 season? Oh, 2011. Fuck. And I will give you two options if you're not sure, but I want I want you to try first. 2011. Eli was unbelievable in 2011. I know that. That was the season when the Packers went 15 and one, and then the Giants beat them in the NFC Championship game. 2011. All I can see is t- David Tyree in my mind. <laughs> what are the options? Yeah. You've got David Carr, or you've got Scott Moore. I'm not going to trust my gut anymore, Ollie. It's let us down so far, so you're going to take this one. Scotty Moore. David Carr. I literally <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I would have said David Carr. <laughs> right, oh, fifth geez. round. Fifth right, round, Mike. Okay. Fifth round. Was that the first question of a round? It was, Ollie. It was bonkers. What do you think we I said, I said, I'm sorry. The closer we get, I thought if we... I was thinking when we done this, if we get to round four or five and these lads are getting close, I need to make round four and five really oh, hard. So this like, is these, hard these lads can't be winning this. Can we, right, go, can we go back to round one questions? <laughs> keep, keep going with, go with question on from round one, maybe. And we can do round five again. This is fun, so... Uh, let's you know what let's scrap the first question of the fourth and let's go to the rest and see how we get on right and then I'll, okay, I'll ask the question it. all right cool. who won the ap defensive rookie of the year award in 2011 2011 oh man you put too much thinking rookie in rookie of the year 2011 a good year so again 2011 is 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 the year when we're saying the giants won the super bowl right i'm trying to think was, yeah. the draft class of 2010 who went number one twenty? Who went number one that year? Do you know? 2010. 2011. Go on, give us who went number one. Who oh, was the number uh, one uh, rookie? The number one pick in the draft was Cam Newton. Oh, Von Miller. Yeah. Well done, well done Ollie. That's impressive, mate. Right, let's try to Cam this... Newton still on the ground in Levi Stadium, <laughs> seven years old. Um, who was? <laughs> Who was the second pick overall in the 2017 NFL Draft? It Was it Solomon Thomas or Mitchell Trubisky? Now, I'll give you two options, though. Solomon Thomas or Mitchell Trubisky? Who went Tr- higher? Trub- Trubisky went stupidly early, didn't he? Yeah, Solomon Thomas, I think, went third to the Niners. I can't remember if that was second or third where Thomas went. And then Trubisky was the other one. I think Trubisky went was the number three overall pick, though. I trust you, Ollie. Go with your gut. Solomon Thomas, right? Let me let me let me go back through. 2017. Okay. This is the the where we see the power of Ollie's brain as he unfolds. It's like a beautiful mind. It's like Sheldon. <laughs> it's like the Sheldon Cooper of the NFL. Sheldon Cooper. It was 2017. The NFL draft. It was a it was a rainy it, well. it was a rainy Thursday. I just got down and put on my Patriots pajamas and set up my pot of coffee. <laughs> and then I was sitting in front of my small black and white television, which did not have a remote. I had to rise from the sofa to change the channels manually. There's a there, there's the intro to next week's show, Tom. There you go. Ollie, yep. shoot, my friend, because I want to eat some Irish snacks before Tom. we run out of time. Solomon Thomas. Oh, I was Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, I fucking knew it. Why do I stop myself? <laughs> Right. I tell you what, I tell you what, we have clearly both been the weakest link on this show very badly. So I tell you what, give us your hardest question, Mike, that you've got. And we're going to try and do that. And if we get it right, we win. If we don't, we lose. And then we can move on to item C, Irish snacks. How does that sound? Item C sounds good. Uh, Who was the first NFL quarterback to top 40,000 yards passing? Right. I like that. That's a good question, Ollie. You can work this out. I'm just going to go get a pint and... (laughs) 40,000. Do you have a decade? Only because I know who I think it is, which I'm happy to say. The only hint that I have is something that I copied and pasted and it says, high top shoes. High top shoes? That's made it way more complicated than it was necessary. What do you think it is, Ollie? Who do you Hold think on, it is? actually. This lad here, Mr. Moore, watches The Simpsons and this quarterback has been featured on The Simpsons. Okay, well, I can I can give you all of that. 
So Dan Marino was on The Simpsons when oh, they go to does. when they go to The Simpsons. Oh, um, because it's vapor lock in his car. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe Namath. Vapor lock can affect your car. Not a good quarterback. We're not locking that answer in. That doesn't count. Well, Joe Namath is in. He the might have been around the same era or the same. I hope he was. Now I'm saying that he he would have been around that same time. But this, the quarterback you're saying was in an episode of The Simpsons. It's, it's forty thousand yards, and it's pre-Marino. He may have been featured on the television. He wasn't actually like in. I know what you were thinking about Namath in the side. Oh, you mean Johnny Unitas? Because Johnny Unitas is um, when Grandpa Simpson says, "Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe Namath. Look at all that hair, Johnny Unitas. That's a hairstyle you can set your watch to." And you know what? Gabe Simpson was right, lads. Mm-hmm. It, it was Johnny Unitas. Uh, he finished his career with forty thousand two hundred thirty-nine passing yards. And he was the first of 20 quarterbacks, apparently, going with a stat, who have topped 40,000 yards. Shall yeah, we I go d- through them all? I denied, you, yes, the, I, denied you, I denied you the opportunity, Ollie, to give a well-reasoned and thought-out NFL knowledge-based answer <laughs> rather than my <laughs> TV-based um, answer. Did you? Were you going to go for Uniteds? Uh, I don't think I would have done, but it, it's the most obvious one. Before Johnny, there was nothing, and it would make sense that he was the first to, to get to... Which is now not not the highest figure in the world, but what is the first milestone of a QB? So, Mike, do you feel like Stereo Mike? Do you feel like we've gained a little bit of respect there at the end? I do. Like, and I feel that I'm um, folks. It's, I guess this is the right time that it's my uh, NFL fact book is coming out in November, just before Christmas, and you'll be able to order it. Uh, Print all the pages of Wikipedia staples together. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, he's another... nice Tottenham and selling at week eleven or something. <laughs> another great game show this week, Mike. Absolutely loved it. Can't wait to see what you've got for us next week. Let's move on to some Irish chat. An Irish chat, Ollie, means Mike has posted us some snacks, my friend. And Mike, I want you to take us through this because basically, what you want to try and say is that these snacks that I am holding in my hand now, some of them, are the food of the gods. And we don't know snacks until we've tried these. So you need to talk us through them and explain what people to people what they are. And I will show them. Or, or if you've got some as well, I'm sure in front of you, you can show them on the camera for YouTube watchers. I, I believe I, that's so like, some, some kind of comparison shopping, is there not? Is this not some kind of these tables that I'm holding? I'm just going to do Quilly for the for the, the podcast. It's just a little bit AMSR. A- ASMR, what's it called? Chris Packer. God help, it will be audition after this. Um, Right. How do we start this in six or seven minutes properly and have the best crack here, as I say? So my um, question is, didn't you say that there were two different types of potato or something? Yes. <laughs> two, two different types of potato. So, right. So obviously, I think this is it, Tom. This is your moment. This video, this section is going to go viral online. All right. Just a heads up here. So be very careful with your answers. There is a different type of potato in Northern Ireland and a different type of potato in the Republic, North or South, whatever you call it, I don't care. That's not the conversation for now. For this conversation, this is the one from the Republic or the South. They're two different companies. Red is Republic of Ireland. Yes, the one with the Irish writing on the back from the bottom of it. Uh, yep. It says, Griskin, for I, you know what, I haven't done Irish in 15 years in school. Uh, but look, first off, before we open the bags, lads, which Mr. Tato man looks like better crack? Is it the one in the Republic or the lad in the castle? Are we opening ourselves up here to some kind of conversation Tom and I don't want to be involved in? Is that happening no, right no, now? Well, you, you will, you, I think it's a fair comment to say. You have a lot of people in the Republic that would look at this and they don't think they're nice, right? I like both flavors. And I think a lot of people are scared to say that. I I would say packaging wise, if we're going to be honest, I'm going purely on the packaging. This has nothing to do with the North-South divide. <laughs> the Tato's red packet, the man is of a higher quality design than on the yellow packet. These are like cheaper crisps. These ones, I will have it. He said that this fellow's like a good time. This guy's like well, a little of crisps. See, I was right. I was going to add that. Okay. These two types of potato chips that we have. This guy right here has got a bowler hat on. I don't think he's much fun, but surely he's presentable, so it's probably a quality product. This guy right here, he's got, like, white gloves on. He's all up for the party. The other thing as well is you can only see one glove, so I'd like to think that he is, like, you know, Prince or something, only wearing one glove. See, no, I think you guys got it wrong here. I think this is a massive mis- misread from you two fellas. This guy is like the butler. 
This guy is hanging out. He's waving. He's got gloves on. The, 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 the manager of the company does not wear gloves. This fella, he's got the hat. He's got some very snazzy black and yellow pants on. Um, hang on. Hang on. Ollie, I personally think that the lads, like the, the Republic Tiedemann looks like great crack. Look, look at the big smiley face, but I'll take it to the next level, lads. Look at the back of your pack. He has a theme park called Tato Park, lads. There is a theme park in the Republic called This guy's a true Willy Wonka, this guy. Wait, 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 wait. This guy's got a bowler hat. Butlers wear bowler hats. This guy has got a I'm going to Butlins hat. Now, I don't know which one I trust more. What I am concerned about is the size of the packets. One of them is 42 grams. This no, like it, was che- it was cheaper. It was cheaper. To <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? 42 grams and 65 grams is this one. What kind of random grammage measurements are those for packing of crisps? There's many, many follow-up questions here. Would you prefer to have a potato-themed theme park, which sounds like it's designed for five humans on Earth, or would you rather have a potato-filled castle? And this is where all the comments are going to come. But I'll just say as someone from here, just emphasis on the here, you have a lot of different flavors in the, the, the North Tato. So like the yellow tea, loads of different flavors, which I should have sent you all. In the Republic flavors, there's not that many uh, different flavors. Um, more importantly, go on, do us a favor and test it lots. Well, I will do. I just got a couple more comments here, if that's okay with you, Michael. Um, the, the man in the yellow, um, he's doffing his cap with a potato chip at one point, rather than doffing the actual cap on the reverse of the yellow potato. Um, he doffs with the crisp. I respect that. It's a man who likes his product. He has a secret flavor room. That's interesting. And I believe, based on the outline of his castle, he actually has two chip-filled castles because in the the reverse of the packet is a separate castle based in the Ulster countryside, which is not the same as the one featured on the front. Now, this man has, uh, on the right, on my left side, in the red package, he just has a theme park. Um, final comment, final comment before we try them then, Ollie. The, the red pack, this guy, this chap here, I'm concerned by this fact that it says no added MSG. So was there MSG in it originally and they just haven't added any more? In the yellow pack, what concerns me is the instructions for storage, because it says... Store it in a cool, dry place. Once opened, consume immediately. Which sounds rather drastic. I'm not sure I've seen that on a uh, um, on a on a package in the mainland of Great Britain. But let's let's try them, Ollie. I'm going to tr- let's try the yellow ones first. I'll, I'll so try the yellow one. ones first. I will know yeah. as well. This one's claiming some sort of sunflower oil. This one has no claim of its oils. Uh... I find this really intriguing. Lads. I like both. Right, yeah, the yellow ones are a nice the yellow ones are a nice cheese flavour. I appreciate that. We'll try the red ones. Can you can you just confirm, Mike? Are these different types of potato as well? I don't I have no idea. It's tricky because these are cheese and onion and these are cheese. Now, this is not the first time I should confess to the audience that Michael and I have been through this exercise. We did do this over several, several adult beverages um in an Irish bar. Oh, no, they are cheese and onion as well. Sorry, I've read oh. that wrong. Yep. Otherwise, yep. it would be a pointless taste test. Which one do you prefer? There's a real difference, man. It's real. And then there's people that, like, there's literally, like, I, I like both, but that's, like, blasphemy for some people. There's so. way more flavor in the red packet. You shouldn't have even told us which one was which, by the way. Then that would have been an easier exercise. There's way more flavor in the red packet than there is in the yellow packet. That's just facts. Um, I like, I like them both. I actually think um, the red packet's going down better. That's true. Yeah. I the think red the red one. packet for me is one, if you're having a pint in the pub, you'll enjoy it. Thing is, yellow packet that you wouldn't notice because you go, oh, that's quite nice. When you try the red one, you go, that's the thing that's missing from the yellow packet. Exactly. I will be controversial, though, and say that there's nothing that's flooring me in terms of a difference from a packet of Walker's Crisps or any other high street pure crisp brand not like squares or pringles or something like different i mean i don't know there you go that's it that's 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 going to completely set the internet alight can i just say very quickly because i know we're going to go on the chocolate very quickly here and um, lads i don't know if you're watching folks this in belfast or wherever you're watching this i have not seen a bag of walker's crisps in a year and a half since brexit in the shop Really? Hey, Milk, I, I left mine downstairs. So this, you can only get this one. You know what? I won't tell you where you can get it. So just 
the gold the golden crisp one or the snack golden crisp so i i said on the producing notes folks to bring a normal dairy milk bar and maybe taste that but I've this got, for me is the stuff of god right okay well Ollie's getting here so this is golden crunch but this isn't like dairy milk because it's got bits golden in crisp. like huh golden crisp yeah, but you can't compare it to a dairy milk because it's got something in it it's not the same There's is loads it of stuff of dairy milk. well i'll say this right the dairy milk that you're tasting there is the same as what that dairy milk's like. Um, oh my god! I know. Oh my it's god! It's magical, isn't it? That, my friend, I agree with you. Dairy milk, golden crisp. That is the food of the gods. It's kind of like um, almost like cornflakes in it, but a little bit. It's got a little bit more to it. Maybe like crunchy nut cornflakes, almost. It's great taste. It's a flavor sensation. And the weird thing is, Tom, the chocolate in that area of our in that area of the island of Ireland is all that size. So it's not like the little bin bar that you have in. I know what the, you mean. Oh, brilliant! So, it's good, isn't it? So, it is. Ollie, is, is there any? Um, while we're waiting for Ollie to try, is there any delicacies in Nottingham that you can maybe? Send not really. Not really. Um, can't even get a pint of home bitter anymore because that brewery's shut. Um, no, there's nothing really. You eat mushy peas with mint sauce at the fair. I have right. to say, I don't mean, while we're waiting for Ollie here, I don't get the whole crack around bitter, lads. Don't don't get the hype. I think it's rotten. You're dead to me. Me. You are dead to me, my friend. You are dead to me. <laughs> you just said a potato. You didn't think there was anything special. That's <laughs> like saying there is no God to me. Like that, That's like... <laughs> <laughs> have you had walkers? Hmm? Have you had walkers? I, I like until Brexit happened, lads had walkers all the time. But the thing of potato in the north is there's like spring onion, Worcester sauce, prawn cocktail, smoky bacon. I should have said a smoky bacon. What do you think of this chocolate? Hmm. Oh. That's a real deal. Oh, totally. my God. I know. <laughs> that chocolate is from the Republic. Oh my God. Um, and the actual, and to be fair, because Tom mentioned it, the plain dairy milk bars in the Republic are the same size. So they're not like little thin bars. That's why I said maybe go ahead yeah, and try one. Now I, I, am, got, I, got, I got a dairy milk bar this size though, Mike. So that wasn't getting it. I think there you I, go. I, That's always, I genuinely think the ones in the Republic taste nicer. And I'm I'm not being, people are going to go on my, you're just saying that. You're, I'm being serious. Um, do, you boys don't, have, do you have this or what's the crack? Do you have this? No, I've never seen Golden Crisp in a shop. No, this year. Oh, snack. Sorry. Oh, we're on to snack. Yeah, now. there's there's golden crisp and there's a mint one. I don't know if you have a mint one. Now I have to say for the listeners, that's one of the greatest things I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> and I I don't I'm not a big chocolate person. I, I've never ever ever eat chocolate. I tasted the regular dairy milk. That's why I don't eat chocolate. This thing is pretty special. Golden crunch, my friend. MCFS live in Dublin, Halloween. Yeah, but this good. this snack, it's in for those of you not on YouTube, it's kind of a purple package. It looks a bit like if you know in the UK the snack, it's got the same kind of wording as the snack, the yellow ones that are little square biscuits that you yeah, get. Like and, the weedy squares, yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely love those. But this is purple. It says sandwich and then snack, and then says in italics with uh, uh a an apostrophe in front of the TIS, it says tis lovely. That's what it says. Does it? Like, yeah, in the bottom like right that corner. Part. That's very sweet. <laughs> right, I'm going to try well, it. Can I just say before you eat this, mm-hmm. I think this could be the elite biscuit in Ireland. It's a biscuit. And you, get it, you get it in both the Republic and Northern Ireland. I think this, is, lads, is elite. I've never you're, building, you're building this up, mate. You're building this up. Be Incredible stuff. After the Tato's incident, yeah, build them. be careful. Oh, my God. Isn't like... Too much chocolate. Really? No, I, I prefer more biscuit. It's nice. I give it credit, but I'd want less, more biscuit to chocolate ratio. It's very, very chocolatey. Good lord. I, yeah, think they, yeah. I think they may have just stacked several Kit Kats on top of each other and then <laughs> squished it down. I think hey, it'll be grand. Fire on top of each other. It was good um, though, Mike. It was enjoyable. It is. It's 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 a nice. But I didn't know. We, I, honestly, lads, until last week, I didn't know we couldn't get it in England. I just thought we all had the same stuff. So, now we've uh, got to figure out what you can get in England that you can't get in Ireland. A well, shit pint of Guinness. Well, there there is a Twitter account for that. And um, what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to talk about next week? I did. I don't know if my wife put it in the post. Do you get the tea bag? Yeah. Yep. 
no, no, was, door, no did, we can maybe have this conversation next week. There was a tea and, bag. Mm-hmm. And I, I just say this, and I'm sorry for anyone in England listening, and I am genuinely sorry this time. Lads, your tea bags are atrocious. High. They're absolute crap. I can't drink a cup of tea in England. There's something, and it's funny because what you're about to drink, the lion's tea bag, I think was made or you know at least produced in England whenever they bring the tea over. Can't do it, lads. Tadley PG tips, disgusting. I'd rather drink like warm water. I think we're veering very close into a divide here. I, I love I love my Irish brothers and sisters. Um, both these crisps were delicious. The yellow one was better. Um, this is the greatest thing I've I've eaten. Um, uh, is um tea bag. We'll give the tea bag a go. This was this was average to a bordering on bad. Honestly, that was a bad experience. Um, but uh, very fun, fun all. We can blame uh, Mr. Kraft. Getting back to the NFL, we we, we can blame Mr. Kraft for the Cadbury. Uh... We can. We can indeed. It is his fault. Oh, hey, I really enjoyed that, Mike. Thanks for bringing the fire. And what we're going to try and do on the Moran Conley Football Show moving forward in our item C, our third slot of the show, we're going to mix up. It's going to be different things each week. Sometimes Mike's going to be teaching us about Ireland or sending us some Irish snacks. Maybe Ollie and I will bring the fire with some uh, Manchester or Nottingham-based snacks or something <laughs> that we can bring Vimto, up. Vimto, we... yeah. Vimto. Yeah? Vimto. They must have Vimto in Ireland, right? I've never had it. You've never had a Vimto? There we go. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Next <laughs> week. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Next week, Vimto. There you go. Um, Ollie, Mike, we've run out of time for listeners' questions, so please get them in for next week hit us up mcfsquestions at gmail.com remember you can find us on twitter at ollie Connolly, at the underscore tommy underscore more and at michael underscore nfl another fantastic show i've enjoyed with you guys it's been brilliant ollie any final reflections nope <laughs> and any from you mike uh no not at the moment but i will get back to you Brilliant. I'll be watching my text then uh, because I still live in the 1990s. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us once again. Please get in touch with us. Your interaction means everything to us. But thanks for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful rest of the week.